dig. Welcome to the Things We Dig podcast, where we talk about pop culture and bullshit. Here's what we're digging on today. It's uh, Marvin the Martian here. Being alpha would have a problem, but I still love it. Planet is Dagobah. I think Conehead's just scarier than science. I mean, wasn't it kind of weird to think that these aliens came down and their biggest weakness was water? All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Things We Dig podcast. My name's Alex. Hey, everybody. It's the other Chris. What's up? What's up? This is Steven. Hey, what's going on out there? It's Dave. Greetings, Earthlings. This is Fig. All right. All right. Nice, gentlemen. Uh, Before we jump into it, I'm going to throw out a lightning round question. Um, And I'm just going to say quickly, what what do you think aliens would look like if we were to see them? Other Chris, what do you think? I mean, I know they've always been depicted as like uh, humanoid a lot of times, even, you know, some of their features are exaggerated or extra limbs, things like that. But it always seems like there's a humanoid base because it's really hard to think of a creature as anything else. You know what I mean? When you sit and try to. Uh, But I honestly think they'd be something outlandish, nothing like us at all. And it would be kind of hard to wrap our heads around. I think some other forms of media have portrayed that well, but. I think that's where it would be like not nothing like us at all. I almost imagine like something almost the complete opposite, but just more advanced humans that are way smarter than us and just have a better understanding of like science and technologies and they make it to us somehow. And we're just like deck, like, you know, just super far behind. And I don't know, maybe they would speed us up or wipe us out, but who knows? Yeah, it's tough. I really have no clue. Like uh, Chris was saying, I can't even uh, I can't even begin to imagine. Maybe like avatars, I'll say, just to, just to choose something. I feel like they look like for, from what we see in movies. It's like the only depiction I can like really think of. There's a variety of ways they could look. I mean, obviously the the most common one is like little green men or kind of like insect type lizard type creatures. But I also think too they could. I mean, you you look at like TV shows like Star Trek or things like that, where they could look kind of like humans too as well. I mean, maybe just different colored. I don't know. I'd be really curious to see what actual aliens look like. Yeah, and no, I kind of agree with a lot of you is that I think it would have very human-like features possibly just to maybe make us feel feel safe or that it would be completely outlandish, like an octopus-type creature or spider-like creature. But uh, those are all great, great depictions. The reason I'm saying that because the movie we're going to quickly talk about is The Great Contact, or I should say Contact, uh, one of my most dear and prized movies that I just hold so close to my heart. I don't know why. I know why it's one of my great favorite movies, because it's just one of those ones that really make you think what's out there and what would happen if we were to come in contact with alien life. I wanted to ask you, A.B., like like why i mean i know this is a really great movie it's the first time i watched it and i really enjoyed it but for yourself was it something your parents introduced to you maybe your older brother something that was just on tv like like why did this movie gravitate towards you so much that's a great question man and i'm trying to look back i'd I'd almost want to have to ask my dad or i feel like i was stuck in front of the tv so often by myself and put on like the movie channels and hbo that it might have just popped on and 
it just for some reason connected to me, man. And I just love the idea of the battle between, you know, religion and and alien life. You know, there's there's kind of that battle between, you know, what is what is life? And there's like, is it more religious feeling or is there life out there? And it's not about God. Um, I don't know why it just really stuck with me and really made me love alien movies and just my my ever growing search for life out there and hoping that there's something. I have no idea, man. I'm going to have to ask my dad that though. Well, one thing too, I don't know if we mentioned, but uh, the great Carl Sagan was the one who wrote this book. And I know I saw like something that was pretty upsetting earlier that I never realized, but he died like six months prior to the release of the film. Mm -hmm. So he never lived to see, you know, I know he worked very hard on uh, the book forever and then getting it to the screen too. I know he was involved with that process. So it's like one of those things where you're just like, damn, that sucks. Yeah, it was, uh, the book was written in 1985. So I didn't actually know that fun little fact about it, but the movie came out in 1997. It was directed by the great Robert Zemeckis. Um, you guys all know some popular movies from that back to the future, all of the back to the future who framed Roger rabbit Forrest Gump. What lies beneath cast polar express, just to name a few. Those are the ones I just a couple of bangers. Damn, dude. Every movie you just listed off was like so iconic within the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about all those movies in general because I I threw what lies beneath in there. That was like a great horror movie with Harrison Ford and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. I was terrified of that movie. Yeah, that was such a good movie, man. But yeah, so based off that book, and of course, I didn't even read the book or know it was based off a book for years. I felt like an idiot. And this one kid I worked with was like, yeah, it's a great book. And he lent me the book on an ebook, one of those Kindles. And man, it was just oh, so good. So highly recommend that read. Uh, but a quick synopsis of the movie, Dr. Ellie Arroway, who was played by our, the great Jodie Foster, um, she, after years of searching she finds conclusive radio proof of extraterrestrial intelligence. And they basically send sound waves that they decipher that find out that they're fucking architectural plans to make this amazing, mysterious machine that they build, not even knowing what the fuck it does, ends up doing some amazing shit. Also, Matthew McConaughey, he was another leading role in that. He was like the religious advisor to the president Right. I think he was like a Christian religious advisor, which was kind of confusing, like why they needed him there. But uh, and that's such a random role for Matthew McConaughey to play, especially in the late 90s. Mm -hmm. And they, of course, you know, have a love interest. And and what's funny is that there really isn't that love interest in the book. It was not there. I think the movie kind of played on that in the book. It wasn't necessarily, uh, which was really interesting. But I overall just got to ask you guys, what'd you think of it? How'd you, how'd you feel overall? What would you rate it as? Like Fig, it was my first time watching this film. It's just, uh, I don't, never came into my contact during my youth, but I really enjoyed it, man. For something this dated, sometimes films don't hold up that well if they're not, you know, done extremely well. And just the way that they use like the technology, like the old school computers and the radios and all that stuff and the sounds, uh, it just, you the suspense and everything was built really well without ever having to see the aliens or any like action going down. You were still kind of 
not necessarily on the edge of your seat, but you are, I was glued what's going to happen next. So I would give it a solid uh, four out of five scoops. Cool. So first viewing stood the test of time. Nice. I would agree with Chris. Uh, like, like you said, I've known, I've known you for many years and I've always known contact to be one of your favorite movies. And for some reason, just never got around to watching it. But like, as Chris said, just from the get go, man, I just was really captivated about the story and Jodie Foster, you know, just doing such a great job to being a lead role and being interested in the possibility of life outside of our own planet and just was really glued to the to TV, as Chris said, and just waiting to see kind of what happens. And it's very different from any other type of like alien extraterrestrial movie where you get first interaction. It's not like quite as like in your face, like here's aliens. So it's just, it, it made it a more of a, I guess a scientific type of approach to a movie and making contact with life out there. So I really enjoyed it. A solid movie and I, I agree chris i'll give it four scoops on my end too as well yeah this is probably one of my most rented movies from the video store back in the day and i got it on blu-ray on the, the shelf behind me oh. but uh this is i don't know i thought it was a popular movie amongst everyone at the time so a little surprised some of you guys haven't seen it but yeah really interesting there's a lot of sentiment behind this i like that aspect uh but one of the endings, you know, you know, you're kind of surprised by it, find out what happened. And it's kind of up to you to decide. And sometimes I like those endings and sometimes uh, sometimes I don't. So uh, this one, yeah, I guess, just, you know, you choose what you want to believe on this one. Agreed. Yeah, the ending, definitely one of those at the very end. You're like, oh, fuck. Like you were saying, Steve, I did like like the ambiguity of the film. Like I was saying how you never see the aliens right at the end. You don't really know what's going to happen in the future or any of that stuff. Uh, it leaves a lot up to your imagination. And I can think that makes it more powerful because after the film, you're sitting and then thinking about it a lot more. So I, I like that. I like it too, because I feel like it shows, it's just like realistic of, you know, kind of what would happen. And so I feel like the film kind of keeps that narrative the whole time. Like you guys were saying, they don't blatantly ever come out with aliens and showing them, you know, flying down on in some big spacecraft or something. And so it makes it just feel like really realistic. And like Alex said, and I'm sure if you saw it when you were, if I would have saw this when I was younger, it probably would have like, it still blew my mind. It got my mind thinking, but I couldn't imagine seeing it back in 1997. I as well have known Alex for a very long time and I have never watched Contact 2. So welcome to the fucking first time viewership club over here, guys. We got it done. On the sleep Next one is Braveheart, baby. <laughs> I had sleepovers but, every time you guys just fell asleep every time. I yeah, I thought it was going to be scary. So I made myself fall asleep. <laughs> I, I honestly thought it was going to be kind of a, a not horror, but like a thriller type of like alien interaction movie. And when you, when you realize, I mean, I, I didn't know Robert Zemeckis directed this movie either. And it's funny because some of the, the soundtrack and score to the movie was very uplifting especially when you see a young alley like the, the music's very like happy and calm and i was like oh this totally feels like a robert zemeckis movie yeah i wonder if the forrest gump guy did the same sound sound sounded so much like forrest gump right yeah it probably was like alan yeah. silvestri cool. i think he's done most of robert zemeckis movies right yeah i, I believe so do you guys miss jodie foster in movies i don't know if she still does stuff but i haven't seen her in a long time Bro, I was going to bring that up. I was going to say, like, I I can't name necessarily a lot of Jodie Foster movies I've seen. But Panic Room, 
Uh, Silence, Silence of the Lambs. Of the Lambs. Oh, yeah, probably what her most, one of her most Silence famous of the Lambs, roles, for of course, sure. Yeah, seems to be kind of doing stuff, but yeah, she's she's not necessarily like big time. Like like she's almost like one of those actors. Like I do, I do a little bit here, a little bit there. I don't really give a fuck. Jodie Foster, I'd be like, oh yeah, she's one of the greatest of all time. And I don't know if I'm maybe I've just been saying that because other people have, but she killed it in Contact. So she was great. She was in a lot of stuff in the '90s. I feel like, and maybe early 2000s. I almost feel like Panic Room might have been like '99. I don't know, but I did get the producers to chime in and say Alan Silvestri was in fact the man behind the music. Nice, yeah, great composer. Now I feel like um, one I haven't really thought about. Have you guys ever seen, uh, it's like one of those movies that is so big that I have seen references to it and things that I like, even as things as recent as Rick and Morty. Um, if you guys have seen that episode, I think it's the Morty's mind blower yes, episodes dude. and they get taken to like some big alien <laughs> who has all these like people, yeah, like creatures, like a, a you know, and he's keeping them as, yeah, it's like a collector and they do the co- whole contact thing and send the radio signals out and <laughs> Yeah. Get the people to come and they change places with them but it's really and dark, also dark. south park did it as well too with the aliens and the reality show and the alien comes to them as somebody that they would recognize to make them feel more comfortable and then they ask him to become the taco that shits ice cream as he <laughs> <walks>. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's one of the greatest episodes ever where you find out that earth is a reality tv show where they took people from different planets and animals from different planets which is like a cheetah planet and a lion planet and an asian people planet and a, you know <laughs> white people planet oh, that's great. and yeah. put them on earth to see what would happen and like this season more war that is awesome i know i love those references that they make um i gotta jump into this you guys could probably think of memorable moments, but this movie, if there's any epic opening to a movie, this movie takes the cake. It literally starts out showing Earth and the crazy radio waves and the mix mash of everything and just zooms out further and further out, just playing more music and more speeches that you hear. And it goes all the way basically out to the Oort cloud, correct me if I'm wrong, but just as far as we basically know, then transitions into what is Eleanor's eyeball and then goes into that. I'd say that some moments in this movie that Robert Zemeckis did was like, holy shit, with the movie and the transitions and the the cinematography. I didn't even really appreciate these the more I watched it. Uh, Certain moments that just made you go like, god damn. And I've probably seen this movie way too many times. You're talking about the cinematography. One scene that stood out to me that I thought was really cool is when the terrorists came and just kind of how they played that whole scene out through like the security cameras and stuff. And just for the technology that they had at the time and to make that look so smooth and well done. Um, I, I really like that. Yeah, that guy was creepy, man. Well-known actor that played in a lot of movies after that. But that religious, that radical religious terrorist I almost got to look up his his name, but great, great scene, of course, when they're panning and they're looking very uh, on the edge of your seat. So Jake and, Busey. Okay. Gary yeah. Busey's son. Nice. <laughs> <This is> not, <laughs> my <pick>. Maybe. <laughs> How about that, uh, that medicine cabinet shot? Dude, I, I watched that multiple times and I've seen that shot. Just, you know, other filmmakers or aspiring filmmakers talk about that scene and I never knew it was from contact until I was watching. I'm like, Holy shit. I'm like, this is that scene. And still to this, to this day, like I'm, I'm watching it. I'm like, it's just such a smooth transition. 
such an unnecessary shot. Like it, it almost seems something from like The Shining yeah. or Inception, like which it's like that movie. This it just didn't really call for that, but it was just a flex. So I'm like, yeah, let's let's see mm-hmm. what I can do with this transition and make it really outstanding. So yeah, for really- the listeners out there. What's her name? Ellie is running to running down the hall to the medicine cabinet to get medicine for her dad who has this illness and it goes into slow motion and the camera is basically pointing at her as she's running to the camera. But when she gets to the medicine cabinet and grabs and opens the med, it like the frame changes, it like flips. And I, and if that's the best way I can describe it, it happens so flawlessly that you're like, how the fuck did that, that happen? I Crazy. thought a cool a cool thing too, just visually, was seeing when they uh, had constructed the actual machine. It just looked dope as fuck, dude. I kept wondering if when they dropped her at the wrong time, if it just bonked her, <laughs> sent her flying. Bing! I'm sure the book definitely, and just Carl Sagan, obviously inspired so many like people and young kids, people long before us even. But uh, the movie as well. I was saw I saw somewhere somebody was saying like Christopher Nolan and Interstellar was influenced a lot by Contact, the book and possibly the movie. But when she was traveling through the wormholes and just space and so it's in itself, it kind of gave me that Interstellar vibe to it a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, that was great, man. I just like try to put myself in her shoes and do like, could you imagine going through something like that, man? Like being the person to take that leap to be like, yeah, I'll travel through this. Like almost, you don't know what's going to happen, obviously with the contraption that they've spent trillions of dollars on to make as the world has, and who's going to be on the other side, if you're going to be able to come back and then to go through what she went through. And when you come back and they're like, Oh, you just barely left. Like, you know, and then that would fuck with my head so much too. Cause I'd be like, damn, like my brain just like produced this experience or did I make contact and time is just a different plane where I went or whatever. I don't know, man, but it would, it'd be so just mind bending for sure. And then to find out that they knew or the recording was 18 hours long and who was just static. It was just like, well, goddamn, you guys knew for sure that something happened. Yeah, to that, I was going to say a scene that I thought that stood out really to me is the scene where she first gets the, I guess, the contact, the information that there is someone or something contacting her and she hops in her car and she's like flying down the road and she's talking to them, be like, you know, getting everything set up. I was thinking to myself, like, how excited would you feel or at least the potential knowing that you're about to contact you know extraterrestrial life out there and you know getting that all set up and being you know this is my life's work that i'm that i've been going towards and finally it's paying off and you know they're at a point where most people are like eh, like everything you're doing or researching seems like science fiction you know we'll fund you because you seem very passionate about it, but no one really believed in her besides, you know, her team. And then to finally get that first bleep of contact, I just to myself, like, damn, that would be such an exciting feeling knowing you were that person in Earth's history to make that discovery. Yeah. Fucking epic. I shit my pants, man. That was almost the noise it made. The radio noise it made was almost scary sounding. So going back to if you guys thought maybe it was going to be I don't know, scary or whatever, but that noise it made was very interesting. And that the 
she had a blind friend that was just had it had a great sense of hearing another great actor as well that homie was in armageddon i forget he was one he was the uh steve buscemi he was the astronaut (laughs) such an amazing movie it's one that i feel like i just keep watching and watching and and i think it just really makes you think like the deep deep thinking about the importance of of first contact and are we ready and just that scene too when she's transported and she's on the the sand sandy beach and that image is coming towards her and it's kind of just collecting and then you realize it's the aliens mm-hmm. like that and all in itself man and to see it like take on a form and it took on the form of her dad as well like that would just be so crazy i'd, I'd be Almost like, I know it's not like to put you at ease, but that's so overwhelming. It'd be so, I feel like you'd just be in shock. I'd be in shock the whole time, probably, man. Yeah, especially, it was so sad when she found her her dad dead. And, you know, she knew he was gone and she kind of blamed herself for not keeping medicine downstairs. But immediately she went to her, uh, I guess, like radio intercon system trying to like reach out to her dad. I was like, Oh my goodness, man. Yeah. Like, oh. And then to see, I mean, that that's the type of thing that stays with you. And then to be an adult and see that, you know, like you're saying, Dave, that, you know, figure come towards you, you'd be like, what the fuck? Like this person who left my life years ago is now here would be just a mind fuck. So tough. Mm-hmm. Hollywood wanted to put a spin on it and have, um, Jodie Foster in a straitjacket in the end and have them slowly pan out of the psychiatric ward, but Carl Sagan wasn't having it. <laughs> said no. Yeah, not to uh, not to go too crazy on it, but I think at the end of the book or something, it had to do with uh, pi, 3.14, basically the number that goes on and on and on. Well, in that number, that sequence, that number that goes on and on and on is actually information. And that information was information basically to help us step up to the next level that these aliens were like, Hey, we're watching you. We're, we're, we're waiting to see when you're ready so we can give you more information and more help to get you guys to the next level. And isn't it helps me why I want that. That's like a fantasy. Like they're waiting for us to be ready. I saw that too on, I just watched like a little YouTube video, but it's, it's also, um, Jodie Foster's character who discovers that also, which is even more validating that she did mm-hmm. uh, make contact and it, I, everything really did happen. Well, I was going to post one last question yeah. of, I mean, talking about all this, I just have to get your guys's opinion. Do you think aliens are out there? Because I personally, maybe not, you know, intelligent life forms that built the pyramids or, you know, observing us or whatnot, but there's definitely like fish or insects or lower forms of life. There's billions of planets. Like there's other shit out there for sure. It's water on Mars. So just curious uh, where you guys stand on that. Um, so basically I'm going to elaborate off of what Chris just said, the other Chris, and ask Fig that question. Do you think aliens are out there watching us and waiting to see if we are ready for first contact? So 
I 100% believe that there's aliens out there. I, I truly believe there are highly intelligent life forms out there. I, I do. I just, I can't help to not believe that out of this whole galaxy universe we live in that we don't have intelligent life forms. Do I feel like there are aliens watching us? Maybe. I mean, I mean, you watch movies and you're like, oh, humans are intelligent life forms. And, you know, why wouldn't people, aliens want to, you know, inspect us and, and come visit us. But at the same time, it's a huge galaxy. Is it really something that they're looking for and why? I don't know. Perhaps our, our actual creator was an, an intelligent life form, maybe something from like Prometheus where we were created, they come back. Who knows? But I, I that's a good question, man. I, I don't know if there's actual like people viewing us in like a Truman show like kind of manner. Um, but I do think there's intelligent life out there. Yeah, man, for sure. I almost think too, like something that's even pretty crazy is like, even if it's like by chance that we're here and we've through evolution have become to this state, then who's to say it wouldn't exist somewhere else as well. Even like Chris was kind of alluding to earlier, like even to a certain extent of just having life itself on another planet somewhere in another ecosystem. But also like something that kind of blows my mind is life even on our planet is like measurable to even like a microscopic level, you know, that we can't even see with our naked eye and there's living organisms. So mm -hmm. on that grand scale of it, like, you know, we think we're like big and planets and galaxies, but that could even be like just a very small scope of the grand scale of things oh, even yeah. still, you know? So I've always been a firm believer of it. I don't know what, what it could be, but I think there's something out there, man. And I almost think there's something out there that's further advanced than us for sure too. Like men in black is my best example of just walking around. I mean, go to Walmart and walk around and every other person, I'm just like, yeah, that, that person is an alien with, with the, the human skin around them right now and i see it all the time or i feel like they're among us they're walking around us swimming uh i feel like whales fucking octopus um what the hell's up with that man and dude, dude crazy yeah for sure there's a a lot of the ocean that has yet to be discovered like what the fuck's down there man maybe <laughs> aliens Atlantis. Yeah, it seems like the deeper you go in the ocean, you see those fish, the weirder and weirder they get, man. Mm -hmm. so who knows what's that? Like, like when a tsunami like turns up like the depths of the ocean, you see these like just crazy alien looking scary fish. <laughs> well, uh, I'm gonna keep it going. I'm gonna ask you this question, Steven. Do you think aliens have already intercepted our radio signals? Anything that we're basically shooting out, and what the fuck would they think? Well, to start it off, like kind of how this movie is, we have received many radio signals. Um, there's much bigger projects right now, like Breakthrough Signal, I think it's called, which is basically SETI on like steroids. So recently, uh, I know there's been many cases of uh, random radio transmissions that we've been receiving. But yeah, I guess like our first big uh, radio transmission, like the transatlantic one was in 1906, like the Marconi transmission. And uh, they say that that one is now about 200 light years away, which sounds really far, right? Because uh, you're going to pass 75 star systems, about like 8,500 stars. But in the grand scheme of things, if you like look, that is a pinprick just in the Milky Way galaxy. And if you consider the whole universe, it's like your whole wall and you're just doing like a, a needle. So so if I think that, you know, it's reached another life form, probably not. 
Yeah, no, you make a good point, man, that we really are. We are smaller than a grain of sand. <coughs> We're smaller than that, a grain of sand. Getting emotional, huh? No, <laughs> Will that signal travel infinitely through space or does it die out at some point? Uh, from what I was reading, you know, the further it travels, more like uh, kind of gurgled it would become. Distorted and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, even if they do receive something, it would probably be so weak. And then, uh, you know, they probably wouldn't even know what the hell like, it is. Not even decipherable. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I guess it would just be some you would know it was some type of noise from somewhere. But um, here's a question for you guys. I don't know who specifically to direct this to. So I guess if anybody just wants to answer it, when somebody is elected president and they're sworn into office and they're given up all the secrets, do you think they are given the answers behind if we have made contact with aliens, if we are in contact with them? And if like, you know, all of that stuff that people wonder about if the president really knows those things, do you think that there is a lot to know behind that well it's funny the question i was going to ask you dave is how do you think aliens would attempt first contact with us would they would they contact the president would they contact somebody of power or just random dude chilling in the forest, tripping on mushrooms? I mean, based off of movies is kind of how I'll shape my answer. But I think if it was a kind like force of aliens or race of aliens that wanted to make contact with us for the mere fact of making contact, I think that they would do it in some type of way that was like easing to us, you know, making us feel at peace. But if it was some other type of alien race that wanted to come and enslave us and take something from our planet that we had or something like that, then I think they would just come in and lay down the law on us, dude. I definitely think if they were an intelligent race that had been observing us for any amount of time, they would contact, you know, the leaders of nations or try to, because if you just contacted a regular person, you know, the government's not going to believe you or anything without any type of proof. And it could also cause like a mass panic. So I think, yeah, they would try to get, get in contact with someone of authority, whether or not the president now knows. I mean, that'd be, it'd be insane to think that nope, like, like that, that Donald Trump wouldn't have fucking tweeted the next day like the aliens are real you know what i mean it would be dope to know that we did have contact with them already that like classic line take me to your leader it's almost like maybe they would just break into the atmosphere somewhere and strategically know where they could land and just make somehow whoever they came first contact with just be like who are your leaders or whatever mm -hmm. but yeah, that shit would be obviously would be so insane. Could you imagine like being at work and somebody just being like, have you seen it? Or like hearing people talk behind you like, oh, man, yeah, check it out. Go on YouTube, go on any news outlet right now. There's like five, like 300 of these ships that are coming in through the atmosphere and they're just landing like nobody knows what's happening. Nothing's come out of them yet. Like that would it would stop the world, man, you know, until we saw what would happen. But that'd be insane. But unfortunately, would, like with something like that, like with time travel, if someone says they're a time traveler, we're automatically going to write them off as like crazy. And then if there's something like on YouTube or a video, I automatically just discredit it to special effects of some sort or editing, editing right? Yeah. yeah, completely. We'd have to see it. I mean, we'd have to all pretty much see it. I could have to be. Or if it was like live time, like all the news outlets, you know, like breaking news. And it was just like, like how they would do in the movies, I guess, too, you know, but it would be right. insane for sure. I don't even know. I wouldn't even know what to think, man. Similar to what like Independence Day was like, you, you actually could see it because this the Steve's point. If someone was like, dude, I just made contact with the aliens. You're like, 
you need to lay off the peyote, man, and, you know, take a take a seat, man. Chill out. But until I actually saw it, I would be somewhat excited to know that they, they're aliens or, ex, you know, intelligent life out there, extraterrestrial, whatever you want to call them. But also just seeing enough movies, I'd be a little bit frightened, too. Like, are they here in peace? Are they here for war? Like, what do they want? Well, on that note, too, Fig, I got a question then for you. So what if you legitimately had like an alien abduction story? Like it happened to you. You had an experience where they took you. You 100% thought it was real and happened and you were on a ship. They kind of like did their examination on you and then put you back home. Would you want to tell people about that? Would you think people would even believe you? Or would you be like, man, I'm just keeping this to myself uh i probably would keep it to myself because i again go into independence day randy quaid everyone's <laughs> like this dude is fucking crazy dude you're a fucking crazy and to me i feel like i'm a pretty you know most people who know me are like yeah you're a level-headed guy so maybe i would take the chance of being like guys like i swear to you i had an alien experience like uh, i ask you guys this. i believe you bro would you guys believe me? It's the things we dig exclusive, y'all. Dude, if I you, love you like a brother, but without some type of proof, if you came to me right now and were like, dude, aliens are real and I got abducted, I would have to think like, did you do some acid last night, man? Or what's going on, bro? I if you had some type of concrete, not maybe not even concrete, but like really solid evidence, I, I think I'd be one of the first people to have your back. We'll see that. But without it, uh, nah, man, I ain't believing you. Dude, I would definitely <laughs> yeah, listen to you and if it sounded believable i would want to believe you but at the very least i'd be like well i know one thing fig definitely believes that it happened so <laughs> it's like i'll never know if it did 100 but i can tell he believes that it happened so yeah. i would believe you man i would like i don't think you're crazy and you've never shown signs of it so if you came <laughs> legitimately like concerned and did that i would be like holy fuck that's really heavy but if you seemed like you were still your regular self and you're like still working and living your life regular then i'd be like damn like maybe this motherfucker really got abducted by aliens <laughs> Thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. So I guess one of the last questions I was going to ask, and we can keep asking questions, but this one's to Chris, the other Chris. Um, let me get to my notes really quick. If uh, if there is intelligent life out there, like you were saying, or here, are we are we worth being contacted? Are we a civilization that's worth coming to and, and helping? Or do you think they've already saw us and go eh, skip onto the next one? Oh, uh, man, that's a tough one. I guess it would really depend on the race of aliens and their, you know, aims in the universe, what they're trying to do. If they're like uh, conquering people, I think that they would see us as a, a warfaring species and just try to wipe us out because we'd stand in the way. And if they were an altruistic people, they would look at us and be like, these crazy motherfuckers that are just going to try to conquer us. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, you, if you study the human people for a while, you would know like, oh, if we introduce ourselves, it's going to be violent. So I don't know. Yes how you would go about that as an alien revealing yourselves without conflict, man. So it's a, yeah. it's a tough one. No, you're right that, that the history of humans is, is full of conquering and stealing and taking over. And unless they somehow enlightened us and, and, and took us to another level of consciousness, I could see them basically waiting, waiting to see if we get to that level first or just destroy ourselves. Yeah, I almost feel like they would have to extend a peaceful hand and let us try to fight back and then just like one big slap, like, yo, we're trying to help you. You're not gonna mm -hmm. do anything against us. So I don't know. Well, Al, I got a question for you. <laughs> so just like the movie Contact, 
Uh, same scenario. Who would you send from the planet Earth to represent humans to go make contact? I thought it was you were going to ask me what alien would I 69 with? Um, I don't know who wrote that one. <laughs> I, I assumed it was. Uh, wait, say the question again. I wrote that and I forgot um, that I wrote uh, that. Dude. <laughs> I was waiting. So just, um, just like the movie, uh, just like the movie, same scenario. But um, who would you personally send to represent the human race to go travel and meet and make first contact? Oh, man. Joe Biden all the way. No, I would probably shit. That is a good question. I think I would honestly send like if I could, like somebody that we know is pretty just righteous and peaceful like nobody that is in the tv and the news outlets and the media it's almost like somebody that we know is just like super chill like i'd send steven man i don't know like maybe just somebody that's that doesn't know a lot has nothing to lose really has no no you know worldwide fame that might just go and represent the people with no bias right i don't know you know i don't think you seem too biased steve what what would you say steve if if they said hello who am i speaking to like like what would you what would your first words be to this extraterrestrial life form uh, how do you do <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch that's what i should have said right yes yeah. you son of a bitch <laughs> just like, oh. no, I, no i got it all right this is the answer why i did this one and i'd probably say uh you're one ugly motherfucker fucking <laughs> <laughs> And just like, immediately uh -oh. just get uh, warheads from alien ships just <laughs> right. sent down upon us. It's like, oh, fuck, I fucked that one up. <laughs> no, that's good. I don't know. Uh, that'd be a tough. I don't I don't think I'd want to send anybody like super famous. And I'm just trying to think who's one of those persons like the Dalai Lama or Mother Teresa or like somebody that, you know, is pretty. Or what about like a Neil deGrasse Tyson type, like a super just logical person who would not like I would not want to send anyone who would bring religion or politics into it when that would be hard to find mm -hmm. someone like that. Like, I feel like you'd have to go a super scientist boring route yeah. like well, who knows who knows that these aliens are they're not going to value personality i don't think you know so it's funny you say neil degrasse tyson because that would be a great choice because he's one of the dudes that is a skeptic he's one of the dudes that sits there and says he doesn't believe there's life out there I mean, he, correct me if I'm wrong, you might have changed, but he might be one of those guys that's like... Do you think, ah. I, I bet under the circumstance though, if it was like how it played out in the movie and they did make this uh, way to travel, I think he would see through science like, okay, maybe oh, I'm wrong. Yeah. If there's definitive proof, we're like, yeah, bro, you're wrong. Because um, I think, I don't know, it's one of these quotes that's that's out there somewhere, but it's, it's like there's either two realities. Either we're alone in the universe or we're not. And both are equally terrifying. And when you think about it, it's like, yeah, because if if there isn't life out there, that if by some weird, how vast and insanely huge this this place is, how we're literally a speck of sand on the beach and we're the only life, that's terrifying. That's but like, also that's I've scary. always I almost feel like comfort in that too, of being like, all right, like if it is all by chance, then it's like at least yeah. we're here and we're experiencing. Well, then I life. believe in like God. Then I'm like, okay, there's right. got to be like, there's got to be a religious standing to this. What uh, 
what, what does Ellie's dad say when she asked ask that question? And he was like, it'd be a whole lot of wasted space if there wasn't. Dude, exactly. Yeah. I love that quote. Thank you. To me, it would be far more terrifying if we were the only ones. I would find more comfort knowing that there was some form of life out there, even if it would eventually be hostile towards us. I know that sounds crazy, but yeah. I don't like the thought of thinking we're alone amongst billions of galaxies mm-hmm. and stars. Well, like Stephen was saying, 200 light years is is a pinprick. And, and that's that's us traveling at the speed of light for 200 years, which we would be dead. And that's nothing. That's literally, we can't even fathom how tiny that is into the in the universe. So it's like the idea that space is so vast that even if there is stuff out there, it's just too far away. But I don't know. I would think, I wonder who the, if the public would even be involved at all with selecting who we'd want to represent. I'm sure they would have a panel of people. I, I partially think they've already We've already been contacted and and all that, but they don't care what we small people think. I mean, all right, gentlemen. Well, that was some deep talk. I think we could even go further. We could have made a whole pot off these questions alone, and maybe we will. We've got plenty of alien movies to talk about, and I know that you guys have been hinting at some, so lots more pods to do and lots more alien talk. So that'll conclude it, and I think maybe we can jump into uh, some fun alien games with our man, Chris Figueroa. Yes, sir. Let's roll into that. Alrighty, my friends, like AB said, I have a fun alien movie game for us today. So on today's game topic, I'm going to describe some famous aliens and who's ever first to guess this alien gets the correct answer. Um, So you can guess the alien name and the movie it's from. And like I said, whoever's first gets those points. So you dudes ready? Hell yeah. Yeah, man. This might be hard, bro. But to kick it off, first one. This alien is also known as Experiment 626, was originally created by Dr. Jumbo. Stitch. Stitch. Yes, sir. Ah, fuck. Uh, Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch is the movie. Nice. They've got the they've got the alien name. Yes. So uh, Stitch was the correct answer for that one. Good job, Dave. Alrighty, my dudes, on to the next one. This alien is a decapodian, a crustacean-like species who works as Dr. Zoidberg. God damn it. You staff do it. doctor damn. for the Planet Express, AB. Nice, Al. Dude, good job, Sorry AB. to cut you off, Fig. No, you Maybe got I it, Maybe I should man. wait. Okay. I was no. going to say Ad- Admiral Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Great. Uh, great character. Awesome. All right. Good job. All right, so for the next alien, this Martian, voiced by Mel Blanc from the planet Mars, first appeared- Marvin the Martian. Marvin the Martian, Steve. Oh, nice. nice because he does the, the voice of uh, Bugs Bunny. Looney yes. Tunes? Yeah, uh, Looney okay. Tunes. Looney Tunes, yeah. Mel Blanc did, God, like at, at least 50 characters in his lifetime. Looney Tunes, everything, man, so. Mm, hello there. Did that sound like him? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh marvin the martian here it almost sounds like kermit the frog but you did almost more like for a little into kermit at the um, end marvin the martian here that it was pretty they, good they that do sound good. very similar i was trying to sound like kermit the frog actually so <laughs> awesome good job steve all right so we're gonna move on to the next one these aliens are trying to attract more customers for moron mountain Small aliens. The Zatoon Squad. Or the fucking Goon Squad. What's their names, dude? I don't know. You tell me, Dave. Oh. Space Jam. 
is the movie. Yeah, but what are the what aliens? Are, what are they called? Monsters. The monsters. monsters. Oh. Yes, sir. <laughs> Damn, man, man, I could not remember that. What you call? You guys couldn't remember Mountain? that either. Uh, yeah. I knew. I just didn't want to cut you off. Yeah. Uh, Once you said Toon Squad, I was going to say Monsters. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Moron Mountain was the name of the theme park where they wanted to abduct Mount Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes. Dude, I try to make these hard, but you guys are fucking just on it today. Awesome. Good job, guys. Alrighty, on to the next one. This alien life form from the planet Melmok arrived on the planet Earth, landed in the Tanner family garage. Very sarcastic, cynical. Elf? Elf, yes. I was going to say, last clue was, uh, finds cats as a delicacy. (laughs) Me and Elf would have a problem, but I still love him. Elf was pretty awesome, man. He's the man. Hilarious, man. I want to go back and watch Alpha again, man. I feel like I haven't watched it since I was a, a little kid. Mm-hmm. Same here. Alrighty, fellas. Next one. This alien living with the Smith family is a sarcastic, self-centered, and alcoholic. Roger. Roger from? Oh, American Dad. American Dad. Nice. Yes, sir. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to do that one, dude, but... He's such a great character, man. One of my favorites in adult animated television. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, we have two more left for you guys. So this next one, nearly 900 years old, noble, powerful, takes solitude on a swamp planet. Yoda. Oh, Yoda. Huh. Uh, his species is unknown. True. From Star yeah. Wars. Star Wars. The planet is Dagobah. Dagobah is correct, Dave. Uh, I didn't ask for that, but, you know, I'll give you points for it. <laughs> so Dagobah is his home planet? This is confirmed. No, no, he just he takes solitude uh, on Dagobah. Yeah. I guess he made it his home. Yeah. I wonder if through Grogu we will ever find out their species, or if they will forever just keep it a secret. Dude, I'd be uh, curious to see what they do with that. I really hope Obi Wan goes to Dagobah in the new Kenobi series. Man, yes, would be great, dude. Alrighty, so next one. Uh, so I actually lied. I said there's only two more left uh, on that last one. There's actually three more. So I do have two more for you guys. Mm. Alrighty. So these these next ones, these alien octopus-like creatures from the planet Rigal Seven, identical in appearance, they inflict horror to anyone who came in contact with them. The the Simpson aliens. That would be correct. What are their I names? I don't remember their names. Oh, it's um train. <sighs> Craig, Craig, and or Craig, Craig, and are they from? <sighs> now, Omicron Percy I eight is that's the Futurama ones, huh? Oh man, yeah. what is? What are their names, dude? I, I just watched Treehouse of Horrors. Are they like dude. twin brothers or something? You guys yeah. are kind of close, but. It's Kang and Kodo. Ah, yeah. Okay. Alrighty, fellas. Last one. These three-fingered chubby fellas are clawing to be chosen. Little green men. Toy Story. Toy Story. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Wow. Damn, dude. That was really good. That was quick. He's in the oh, UFO catcher ah. first. Yeah, there's not a really a name for them. I Pixar Aliens is what I have, but but Steve got it. So that was a hard one. All right, fellas, that concludes my alien game. Thank you, Earthlings, for joining. Let's keep the games rolling. So how about one has to go? Okay. Let's do it. Alien edition. What you gonna pick? Don't pick no stupid shit. Because one has to go. 
All right. For the first question, uh, how about we just stick with our favorite alien movies? Well, I can't pick Contact. That would be my choice, but I'm going to jump ahead and I'm going to say Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That is a good one. And if I'm thinking about the books and... Yeah, definitely so. Mm -hmm. Most definitely so. (laughs) Nice. I'm going to have to go with an all-time classic movie, Starship Troopers. Oh, bro. Ooh, Starship Troopers is so good. Uh, For myself, I'm going to go with good old Galaxy Quest. Nice. Galaxy Quest is such a good one, man. For myself, I'm going to go also the comedy route and throw Coneheads out there. (laughs) Man. Dude, the Coneheads as a kid used to freak me the fuck out, man. I I don't know why. (laughs) I was going to vote it off for that reason. It's just terrifying. I I always only ever think of Chris Farley as the boyfriend, though. It's so so awesome. When he he made out with her and like... (laughs) She like basically like sucked his face. Well, uh, I think you might be screwed, man, because I also find the cone hands unsettling. <laughs> no, you haven't. Have you even given Wait. your answer yet? Uh, for mine, I'm not going to go the comedy route. I'm going to go something quite the opposite. Uh, a movie that's kind of overlooked, I think, but the movie Signs. Oh, not overlooked. Ooh, Signs is really good, dude. Yeah. I am not a Signs hater. Yeah, I still vote cone hands off. And I'm well, I don't want them on this island. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because they're all good, but I'd say all of them, iconically speaking for me, Coneheads, I haven't watched as much, but it is good now that we're starting to talk about it and bring up funny moments of it. But Starship Troopers, Galaxy Quest was Galaxy Quest was just like amazing. I thought like everybody in that movie, and it was hilarious that the plot. So, did I say uh, Coneheads? I meant uh, Star Wars. Coneheads <laughs> <laughs> too. Uh, yeah, I, I will also jump on that Coneheads train, man. Just as I, I, it's a hilarious movie when you watch it as an adult, and like I said, as a kid, I just was fucking terrified. But I just think you know, compared to the rest, I think Coneheads uh, just edges out from. From the rest of the selections. Ah, oh, man, I should have said ET. <laughs> you, you would have been firmly aboard on the island still. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think Conehead's just scarier than Signs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. That that first glimpse in Signs, which I, I think always got everyone, where Joaquin Phoenix, I forget his name in the movie, but it's like a news, like a like video in Mexico. Yeah, the video of Mexico. And he's like, oh, fuck. And I, I feel like the audience oh, had the same man. reaction too. Dude, well. right? It was so crazy. It scared the shit out of me. I mean, wasn't it kind of weird to think that these aliens came down and their biggest weakness was water? Well, that was the M. Night Shyamalan, like the yeah. weakness. But besides that, it was a solid oh, movie. Dude, it was great. M. Night Shyamalan definitely has his ups and downs throughout his career. I always thought it was a really great film, man. Another one has to go. What are we doing? I'll throw one out to you guys. Do you guys have a favorite alien from a television show, movies, comics? Uh, For me, man, it would probably be an alien from the Mass Effect series. I would either go with like a a, probably Rex or yeah, probably Rex, man. He's awesome. Giant like armored warrior race. uh, And they got like bombed by a genetic weapon. So they can no longer have like kids anymore. So the race is dying out and stuff. Oh, Pretty wow. fucking dope, man. I'm going to go the more terrifying route and say the Xenomorph from the Alien series. That, that Ooh, Alien is just one. terrifying um, when, you, when you think about it. 
For myself, I'm going to go with The Iron Giant. To me, growing up, it was one of my favorite movies. And to have a big Iron Giant alien as your best friend, I think would be super awesome. I was today years old when I realized he was an alien. I forgot that. It makes sense. I, I knew that, but I forgot. I don't want to be that guy, but I'm a big fan of uh, OET. Well, he used to terrify <laughs> me too as a kid, but I just got to stick with him, man. E.T. von home. Well, <laughs> might I say, oh, wow. damn you, Steve, and damn you, Al, because those were two of my first picks that I was going to throw out there, which I figured would get thrown out there first. But I'm going to say a movie that used to, as an adult, I need to revisit it, but as a kid, the movie used to fucking kind of scare me a little bit. But killer clowns from outer space, just (laughs) how terrifying that alien race of clowns were and how they'd put humans in cotton candy cocoons and come with the straw and just like drink the blood. Everything about them, those clowns used to scare the shit out of me, man. Mm -hmm. Dude, they still scare the shit out of me, man. So terrifying. One's I don't think got any of you guys go. played Mass Effect, so I know. <laughs> I was. I'll just. I'll. I'll take that and run with it and say, Chris, Mass Effect. I have never played it, and so got to get yeah. off the island, bud. Sorry. Is uh, this is a video game that you were describing? Yes. You don't play okay. a movie, Fig. So is this a? <laughs> is this a? A, a little comic book strip that you and your friends read, or? <laughs> well, I, I didn't hear. I didn't hear of play it i thought it could have been a comic book or a book series but i will probably vote that one off too <laughs> it is a big video game there's three three mass effects that i know of right chris uh there but are having four said- working on a fifth there oh, are comics shit. comics and in, in uh books too but yeah, having so- said that i have to vote it off <laughs> <laughs> um but yes i feel like i that's the video game that i slept on and i really have wanted to play but uh just for the main fact that I haven't and I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm jumping on that boat with you. Myself as well. <laughs> sorry. I haven't Bye-bye. played it. Bye-bye. Sorry, man. Better should like have, better like next time. Ahead. Should have, should have thrown Alf out. Should have thrown Alf out there. Pick something better. You uh you went really hard on that, man. Stick to your guns. Hey, coming coming from somebody who loves the Wookiee race, I'm really surprised you didn't throw Chewbacca out there. Yeah, man. I tried to try to throw some love on some lesser known topics, but <laughs> That's y'all, the alien that Dave said. Y'all he are closed-minded individuals. It's okay. <laughs> Alrighty, fellas. I have another one has to go for you. So we're going to do a group one this time. If we had to vote off any of these three iconic alien movies, which would it be? And those categories are the movie Alien, the very first one, Independence Day, or a fan favorite, E.T. Extraterrestrial. If you had to vote one off, which one would it be? I feel as if certain members of this pod will kill me, but E.T., I'm sending you home. Ooh. Can we get a, a brief reasoning behind so this what, absurdity? What's your reason? It's a, well, it's a great film. Don't get me wrong. Amazing movie. I just have a better alien. It's just top notch to me. One of the best sci-fi films of all time. And Independence Day, man, it just, uh, it just strikes a great chord with my childhood. So I love you, E.T. You're a, you're a masterpiece of a film. But I got to send you off the island. He wants to go home. Yeah. We're, uh, <laughs> we're actually sending these movies off the planet this time, guys. Yeah. I'll go then. So uh, I'm going to have to go with Independence Day. Of course, I loved it as a kid, but I think watching it now, I'm sure it's going to be the campiest. I'm sure the special effects won't hold up as much. Oh, dude. We throw the word classic around lightly, but uh, 
the other two are just far more of classics, I think. Well, Steve, let me ask you this. Was your answer influenced at all by the slap heard around the world? It uh, didn't help. <laughs> I guess I'll go next. But for me, this is this is really hard. I know I've given the last two answers a little bit of shit. But for me, I would have to say Alien as a kid used to scare me up until I was allowed to watch it. And I think I watched it when I was super young, too. And it just was always a very scary, very believable that they were in outer space and almost like a horror film at that. So I've always enjoyed that film. Independence Day, huge blockbuster from our childhood. Will Smith in his prime, knocking these movies out of you know the box office with numbers wise. And then E.T., near and dear to my heart, man. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to let go fucking uh, Alien, I think, man. I'm sorry. Ooh. I know it's the more serious out of the out of them but i did not think you were gonna go that route man after uh that description but i'm gonna i'm gonna vote alien out man for i'm going ba- merely off nostalgia and how the movies made me feel and that's my choice right. for sure man i respect that what about you ab what you uh pondering over there well uh i had it already decided the minute we said it i based it off of how many times i've seen each movie and i've seen alien a shitload independence day more times than I can count. And I haven't seen E.T. that much. Although it's probably really good, it'd be my one to go. Ooh, okay. Yeah, this one is a difficult one because I consider all these movies just very, you know, like you said, Steve, throwing out the word classic to myself. I, I do believe all these three movies are are classic. Alien, like you said, Chris, a revolutionary sci-fi film that I feel like changed the way we viewed sci-fi films. And I, I do agree with you, Steve, about Independence Day, of it being campy and the effects not holding up. And I do ET, think E.T. is just a better all, better overall movie. I just, I feel like going to what you said, Alex, I loved Independence Day as a kid growing up. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's still pretty near and dear to my heart. So on a slight edge, I'm going to vote off E.T. for this round. Can't believe it. You guys call yourselves, you know, fans of cinema. <laughs> They're all classic wow. too, like how Fig said, from almost different eras. I know E.T. and Alien are close, closer to each other, but they're very different style of movies. So this was a very hard choice. It's a great film, man. It's a great best film. Of those movies, the best score. Oh yeah. E. Oh, yeah. right. I really gotta down. go back and watch E.T. Yeah. E.T. He's not gonna forgive yeah. us, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those movies, the best ride. At any oh, yeah. theme park, that's universal. What, that I was mean, fun, the best out, figurines that you can collect, collectible. It's going to be Alien or ET. The best, oh, yeah. probably, the, probably the, Alien. The best candy, <laughs> Reese's Pieces. ET. Oh, true. Yeah, ET yeah. did make Reese's Pieces popular. They were not a very well-selling candy before that, and they rocketed them to fame. So <laughs> I will I shout them out for that because Reese's Pieces are the fun. Everyone knows ET phone home and out <laughs> and the finger, right? But you don't do much from Independence Day. Welcome no. to Earth. When are you going to use that? I'm back. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. True. Hello, you great, boys. You make great points. I think I, I need to go back and rewatch E.T. Because here we are talking about one of my favorite movies is Contact. And I don't think it's a movie that a lot of people would be like, yeah, that's my favorite movie. Even if you said favorite alien Contact movies, Contact would not even hit people. And it's radar. like, you know, if you say favorite Drew Barrymore movie, it's definitely E.T. or Charlie's Angels 2, obviously. 
Full throttle. Never been kissed. <laughs> never been a close kissed. three would never been kissed. <laughs> Steven Spielberg or Roland Emmerich? <laughs> I do. I was glad. <laughs> I've mentioned it before. I didn't go to Universal Studios in Hollywood until I was older, so E.T. was long gone. But I did go to the Florida one, and E.T., the ride is still there, and it was just as as majestic as i thought it would be so do, do you really feel like you're flying when you're riding the bike uh i did man i really did i was i also was like four or five beers deep so i was just like having a great time like, <laughs> i was flying just walk around on the sidewalk man yeah. <laughs> i have to go back that's steven's choice for the next pod um we'll have to uh, <laughs> no, just just keep the space theme going man yeah Alrighty, fellas, that was a great one has to go and a great talk on contact and other alien life forms. But on that note, another great episode of Things We Dig. Until next time, later days, my friends. As always, I believe. Keep searching, keep digging. I'll be right here. <laughs> Jody Foster can make contact with these nuts. Goodbye.